your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. I'm always happy when we're able to catch up with Darren Drager, one of the best hockey insiders in the business. You can find his work on TSN. You can also follow him on Twitter at his name. He's at Darren Drager. He joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Darren, thanks so much for joining us as always. I hope you had a happy new year. I, I want to start by bringing you in on a conversation that we've had most of the morning today. And it's from last night's game with Pittsburgh, but it's really been an NHL topic now for a couple of years. There was the big goalie interference call, no call in last night's game. Craig Berube decides to challenge it. He loses that challenge. The Blues go on the PK and they immediately give up a goal to Pittsburgh. It essentially was a two goal swing there. I I wanted to get your thoughts on on that rule right now in the NHL and how you feel about it and how if you've spoken to people around the league, how they feel about that losing going on the PK immediately after. Well, I, I mean, nobody likes it, but we can appreciate and understand the purpose of it, right? Um, when the NHL first adopted the, the idea of uh, video review, um, the NHL coaches quickly jumped on board and tried to take advantage of it. And in times, they would use it as a bit of a stopgap, an opportunity to get their group refreshed in certain situations. And the commissioner... Sorry, guys, I just got a frog in my throat. The, uh, <laughs> the commissioner and uh, the, uh, the the board of governors decided that, look, we, we can't enhance the, the, the slowing down of the game. We've worked too hard to this point to uh, eliminate obstruction, do all the things that we've tried to do to make sure that the entertainment quality of the National Hockey League gets improved. So more stoppages does not equate to entertainment. So they wanted to make sure that they limited as much as possible uh, the the challenges. Well, what better way to do that than to apply a penalty if you call for the challenge and the challenge is unsuccessful. And it it most definitely is limited to the challenges. But here you've got a double whammy, right? Because you guys explain to me if you truly understand goaltender interference. (laughs) I've never understood it, Darren. (laughs) Never. No. No, I mean, look. There, there are some obvious plays where you can clearly see the goaltender cannot play his position. He's been bumped. Uh, he's been impeded on, whatever the situation is. And then there are others where you're like, well, I guess I can kind of see it. Or he was pushed into a situation. Or, you know, you look and say, well, that's obviously goal interfer- uh, goaltender interference. And then it isn't called goalie interference. So the whole issue of goalie interference 
uh, is perplexing for NHL coaches. And that doesn't change. And I can tell you, because I've covered pretty much every NHL general manager's meeting there has been uh, since 1998. And goaltender interference is probably on the agenda 98% of the time (laughs) during that list of meetings. And look, Doug Armstrong and the GMs will come out of that meeting and say, well, we talked about it, but there's really no clear-cut way of of improving it. So we're going to go with what we've got, and let's see if that works. So I'm not pointing fingers at Doug uh, or the other general managers. I just think that nobody has uh, a way of making it better other than to trust the officials on the ice and the review process. But look, I'm an advocate, even though it didn't work out well for Craig Berube and the St. Louis Blues last night, I, I like the fact that there should be some form of penalty or discipline attached uh, when you're wrong on a, a, a player review call because otherwise there was just it was getting out of hand. There were too many of them. Yeah, and despite that, Darren, it still was an entertaining game last night between two top teams, and unfortunately, it was a tough loss for St. Louis. So we've seen this team on the big stage pick up the victory against Minnesota at the Winter Classic. You see them lose against a top team in the East in Pittsburgh last night. Um, what do you think is is missing from this team, Darren? Because on the outside, I think fans are always talking about the defense. Yeah, I mean, but look, I can show you the top teams in, in every division and there's going to be something that isn't quite right. There's going to be a need. There's going to be a want. And that's really what you have to break it down to. Is there a need or is there a want? There isn't a team in the league, particularly among the contending teams, and St. Louis deserves recognition being that, that doesn't want to improve, especially defensively. Get a little bit deeper in that area. And I wouldn't at all be surprised if uh, if Doug, you know, tries to, to, to do exactly that between now and uh, March 21st, the NHL trade deadline. But, you know, you also have to measure the body of the work here. And for the most part, it's it's been pretty good. It's been fairly consistent. I mean, I look at that Central Division probably the same way you guys do, and I scratch my head. I You know, I did not think Nashville was going to be a top team in the division. I didn't. I didn't. But good on them. You know, their goaltending has been good. We always historically have talked about the defense of the Nashville Predators, and obviously it starts with Roman Yossi. You know, they've got some pieces up front that have really uh, come alive and in certain cases have rejuvenated their career. So there's, there's a lot that makes sense, even though I look at the standings, Nashville's 34 games in. Do I think the Preds are going to lead and win the division? No, I don't. But then I look at, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, who haven't played as many games, uh, and, you know, they're, what, four points back, three points back mm-hmm. in St. Louis. And then I look down and I see the Winnipeg Jets, who, again, have only played 32 games, but they're seven points back of, of Nashville. I thought Winnipeg would be better. So there isn't a team in that division that doesn't look at their roster and, and go, okay, yeah, we've got to help here in this area or that area. St. Louis is no different, but what the one thing the Blues have ahead of the pack is recent winning experience and knowing for the most part, okay, the, the, the core has changed. The roster isn't the same as it was when they won, um, but there's enough there left behind that there's an appreciation to recognize that, okay, you played 34 games in a real tough COVID related environment. It's been stressful on a lot of people. Let's see where they're at. You know, again, when you get towards the middle of February and 
you know, if, if there are areas of concern, then I'm sure at that point Armstrong will address and identify. We're talking to Darren Drager of TSN here on BK and Ferrario. Darren, just out of curiosity, I know in your 32 thoughts, you, you mentioned Jacob Chikrin's name as one that could potentially uh, get some hype as we get closer to the trade deadline. What kind of return are we talking about when it comes to Jacob Chikrin? He's young. He's cost-controlled. He's a hell of a player. How much is it going to take to acquire a player like that? Yeah, a lot. Uh, too much right now for most managers who have inquired. And there's been a number, and there's been some offers uh, that have been made. You know, the scenario that was thrown at me was similar to what uh, Vegas had to pay to acquire Jack Eichel. <clears throat> so you're talking about Alex Tuck. You're talking about a top prospect in Peyton Krebs, who's a first-round pick. You're talking about a conditional first and a conditional second. And there are some around the Coyotes who think that that might be light, given the contract and given the age of, uh, of, of Chickering. He's 23 years old, top defenseman for the Coyotes, the offensive production has been there. Unfortunately, he's also vying for the green jacket, isn't he? You know, last I checked, he's like dash 29. Yeah. You know, worse than National Hockey. Now, you, you can't pin that all on him. We know what happens um, you know, when real good players play on, on bad teams. They're on the ice all the time. And Chickren's a top-pairing D-man, so he's in basically every situation. So I don't think that that's a significant lock I don't, or, or knock. I don't think that... that Teams are lucky at Jacob Chickering and saying, oh, you know what, the defense isn't there. Uh, I think the fact that he's proven that he can be a top defenseman, uh, again, he's got this year plus three more at $4.6 million. It's hard to find another comparison in terms of a trade where a player acquired a team of that age, everything that he brings to the table, and, and then look at what the return was. So, it's, it's going to be substantial, no question about that. And the other thing here, too, guys, is Bill Armstrong is not in any rush. It's, it's not like, yeah, they're going through a rebuild yet again, but he knows that he's got a top-quality asset here. And at 23, you know, he could hold on to him and keep him as, as part of the page turning for the Arizona Coyotes as well. But based on the interest, it seems more likely to me that Chickering will get traded. And I'm not sure if you uh, dive into the Blues prospects or anything like Darren, because obviously you're covering every team in the National Hockey League. But when it comes to the Blues, people have already connected St. Louis to Arizona for this trade for Jacob Chikrin. Uh, Do the Blues have the pieces, in your opinion, to pull this deal off? And do you think this is something that Doug Armstrong would say, hey, now's the time to go all in? Well, he might. But again, it's always based on uh, what is that rate of return. And, and uh, I don't have the prospect pool in front of me. You're right. Uh, but I'll give you a, a, an example. You know, it wasn't that long ago, not this season, maybe a season or two ago, where I know the St. Louis Blues had, uh, I would say, a, a good amount of interest in Jake DeBrusque from the Boston Bruins. And you guys probably remember that. There was some speculation of that at the time. But the Boston Bruins looked at the St. Louis Blues and said, okay, well, you know what, um, let's start with Cairo. You know, that, that, that would be a nice return. Well, you know, at the time, it didn't make sense to the Blues. And now, as we can see, as Jordan Cairo is flourishing in the National Hockey League, can you imagine if, if the Blues had made that deal at that point? And I don't think that there was any real serious consideration given to it at that point. Um, you know, I think that... Armstrong was looking for more of 
uh, a fair deal, kind of like the Butch Nevich deal that was made with the New York Rangers. So how eager Doug Armstrong is in diving into his youth pool, not just prospects, but his young NHL players and offering them up for Jacob Checker, I, I kind of doubt it. Um, he's a very patient general manager, given his level of experience. So what's the rush here? And, you know, I, as I just said, Bill Armstrong and the Coyotes don't seem to be in any hurry, even though there is a sense, it, you know, maybe a team does panic and, and, and pays the asking price. I don't expect that's going to be St. Louis, but I would expect that St. Louis, like most teams, would have interest in the player. In your opinion, Darren, is that what is that what is missing from this Blues team of being a quote unquote elite cup contender? Because I think a lot of people on the outside think the Blues are maybe a dark horse for a cup. Uh, well, they might be, but again, I, I just retreat to recent history. Uh, and, you know, again, you guys were there, you watched it firsthand. No one thought the St. Louis Blues were going to win the Stanley Cup based on the first half of the season, right? And, and then some. And then they found a way to flip that switch. Um, is it conceivable they could do it again? It is in my mind. Absolutely it is. No question about that. Um, what is going to solidify their chances of being a top contender? I mean, the jury is out on that. Again, 34 games in to what has been a topsy-turvy regular season. I think it's real hard to judge teams and be overly critical at a lack of consistency with their schedule all over the bloody map, right? Like, I mean, games are being shifted here, there. Guys are on COVID protocol. They're coming in. They're coming out of the lineup. Like, in fairness, again, to Armstrong and every general manager in the league, making trade calls must feel like a bit of a vacation for them <laughs> because – you know, they're managing COVID protocols and they're worrying about what's going on with their American League teams. And they've got to be on the phone with the Deputy Commissioner, Bill Bailey, to talk about what their schedule is going to look like two weeks from now. I mean, talk about managing. Man, these general managers in today's NHL are more than earning their checks. So I still feel it's a little bit early. But teams, especially contending teams, uh, are always looking to bolster their blue line. And when a good player like Chikrin, as an example, there'll be others. Look at Ben Chirot in in uh, Montreal. I mean, you guys remember how well he played for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, this guy's just a horse when he is healthy. I look at him as potentially being, and he's unrestricted next year, right? So the cost certainty is there. I look at him as being uh, the David Savard. You know, Julian Breesbaugh and the Tampa Bay Lightning went out and acquired David Savard. Look at what they paid to acquire David Savard. It was a lot. But David Savard was turned out to be a depth defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning and winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. And I can assure you that Julian Breesbaugh would do it again in a heartbeat hmm. just because of, of what came his way. So could you see Ben Chirot in a St. Louis uniform? I could. I, and I'm not connecting the two other than I'm a big believer in Ben Chirot. He plays a heavy style, and he can play on any contending team uh, in either conference. That's how well-built he is. Final question for you, Darren, and thanks so much for the time. As we said, I I wanted to get your thoughts on Jordan Cairo, just in terms of what he's done so far this season. He's been outstanding. He's at 33 points so far through 30 games. What's the national view of him? Well, that he is a star NHL player, and he has elite-level skill. And for those who watch the game closely as we do, and I always rely on my podcast partner, Ray Ferraro, uh, to, to just give me 
you know, the eye test analysis of what you see, especially in developing young players. He can't say enough of what Jordan Cairo has, has developed into. I mean, he has turned into a player, uh, especially from the neutral zone in. As soon as he touches the puck, he has the puck in his stick. You're going, okay, here we go. <laughs> How many players in the NHL can do that, guys? There's not that many. It, it's, it's a relatively short list, unfortunately. But Cairo has played his way into that reality. He really, truly has. Now, is it sustainable? Looks like it to me. I mean, he's not going to forget his skill. He's not going to forget how to make plays, how to shoot the puck, and how to beat goaltenders. Um, his confidence, uh, it, it appears to be at a career high, which coincides with his numbers. So, like I said, I mean, he is a legit star in the NHL. And uh, I'm sure the St. Louis Blues are now uh, very thankful that they didn't entertain any of the inquiries that were made uh, from not just the Boston Bruins, but other teams that tried to poach him over the years. You can hear the podcast that Darren just mentioned, the Dr- Ray and Dregs podcast. It's over. You can find the link on his Twitter account, at Darren Drager. You can also follow him over on TSN, part of their hockey coverage. Darren, always appreciate the time. We wish you the best moving forward, man. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, and we'll talk with you again soon. You bet. Same to you guys, and Happy New Year.